Advancing the Art of Aging. I'm Carol Silver Elliott, President and CEO of the Jewish Home Family, a continuum of services for older adults located in Northern Bergen County, New Jersey. I am delighted today to have as my guest Dan Sinelli, who is a principal with Perkins Eastman. And Perkins Eastman is an architectural firm that has long, long distinguished itself as having a real specialty in a lot of areas, one of which is senior living. And Dan has been a part of that senior living area of specialization for a long time. Dan is someone that many people, myself included, consider to be one of the thought leaders in senior living around the country. So we are very fortunate to have him with us here today. Dan, welcome. Thank you, Carol. It's great to be here and Happy New Year to you. Thank you and to you. So I really wanted to, there are a lot of things we could talk about, but I really wanted to talk today about a project that Perkins Eastman took on a couple of years ago that has become, I think, even more relevant today. And that's something you called the Clean Slate Project. Can you tell us a little bit about Clean Slate and how that all came about? Thanks. Yeah. So back in 2017, um, our senior living group meets you know, right around November of each year to sort of do their strategic plan. What are the things we're going to be looking at? What are the things we're going to be focused on what meetings we're going to go to, what are we going to be speaking about? And um, we made a list of all the stuff. We're all, you know, together live with like 15 of us. And as they started putting stuff on the, on the whiteboard about what we we're going to be doing, I, I sort of sat back and I said, I have a question. I said, you know, the challenge I've got is that we're, we're looking at this thing through the lens that we've been looking at it through a long time. What would happen if we looked at, senior living and the future of senior living through the eyes of a disruptor. And I'm, I'm saying not a negative disruptor, but a really a positive disruptor. And so I said, you know, what would happen for the next generation of seniors if we really had a clean slate? There was no existing senior living in the world, and you could basically come up with anything that you think the consumer would want. So we spent a year investigating, reading articles, um, interviewing people. Um, and we, we had all these ideas, all these different scenarios. And we said, you know, to make this believable, we really have to push ourselves and said, you know, it's not about tomorrow. It's if you look at when the oldest boomer turns 70, you know, it's roughly 2030. So what we're starting to look at to say was, okay, what does 2030 look like and what would the, the disruptors create for that next group? Um, I was asked the same question prior to COVID. And then last year, I spoke at a, the National Investment Council and they said, did COVID-19 advance any of your scenarios or, you know, basically push back some of them? And I said, Yes, I said actually three of the scenarios are are really pushed much more forward because of COVID-19. Um, and so that's what uh, I think I, I want to talk to you about is, you know, the, the three that, you know, 
we had some some of the scenarios that were international. Let's say you know the United States is what what 32 in healthcare in the world, whereas there's other countries that are way ahead of us. And one of the scenarios would be would the boomers actually move out of the United States either temporarily or set up partial residence in other countries where healthcare is much more advanced or much more accessible or much more affordable and those kinds of things. So COVID basically with no international travel basically pushed that one aside. But I, I think, you know, once we get through the vaccine process and, you know, third quarter of 2021 or even even the 2022, I think you're going to see an expansive of number of people that are going to want to look at um, moving part-time out of the United States for, for medical care. But anyway, um, so I think the one, the one that scenario that really came up that really got advanced was the whole idea of, of what was going to happen with sort of retail. And so if you looked at even prior to COVID-19, you know, the malls and lifestyle centers were already in trouble. You had Sears already filing Chapter 11. Lord and Taylor was going out. And so the idea was when we started looking at what the boomer consumer wanted, the boomer consumer really wanted to be in a place where they could walk to places, where they can um, interact intergenerationally with other people. And so we started like looking at the possibility of would, could we, could we find a developer that maybe right now, you know, is runs an assisted living? I said, you know, I thought maybe now they could actually be in front of that boomer consumer that's 15 years before where they normally would see them. Mm -hmm. And so what would happen if they were to go in and talk to a, a Simon Properties or somebody that had a mall and say, we'd love to put a 55 plus community there um, and allow those residents to either work at the mall or they could shop at the mall or they could go to restaurants, they could do all the things. So I think the idea of everything that we've done for senior living, we've had to artificially create restaurants and all of that, you know, the barbershops and all of that stuff. What if it's already there already and all you really need to build is, you know, senior living housing that's appropriate for that population? So it, in some ways, you're replicating yeah. sort of the town, the old town square feeling, the things you can walk to, the things that are accessible, but you're doing it by taking advantage of existing things that exist, structures, malls, things that exist now versus the old world of, you know, little stores and little shops and little restaurants. This, this takes it right. to more contemporary level. Yep. Yeah, no, and and, I, and again, I think that one of the things that we've seen is that a lot of boomers who went through 2008 in a in the downside of you know holding on the real estate that was prior to 2008 was appraised at 50 percent more, and then in 2009 they tried to sell their house for 50 percent less. Right. Um, I think what we've seen now is a lot of those. 72-year-olds, 73-year-olds now 
their houses housing is in demand because of COVID-19 and they're selling their house and moving into rental. And so the idea for them is why wouldn't they move into a rental apartment at a shopping mall? They could walk, they could leave at any time and go some other place if they wanted to, but the developer wouldn't have to build all of that other stuff that we normally have to build into a, you know, life plan community. And right. so I, I think that that's the, and I, and I think the other part of it is that if you at the same time could get other community minded resources into the mall. So what if the town was, you know, that, that the mall was in was looking to build a new library. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't they just build it in the old Macy's store or build, you know, and then, what if the junior college needed more space, you know, and could they provide, you know, a nursing school that was in a, in a mall space? So all of a sudden you've got a whole host of users that typically wouldn't have been able to either afford or to want to be in those kinds of positions now having a whole host of things, whether or not it's even a senior clinic that was there that the residents living there could also walk to as well. So I think it's not just about positioning 55 plus housing into a mall or lifestyle center and saying we're done. I think there's, I think a lot of other people might think about a clean slate for their service or business as well. I think it's fascinating. Are there any projects based on that sort of model that you're aware of? There, there is one that's in St. Louis. It's been around for about 15 years. Um, the guy who thought about it um, was a, a genius, and he positioned it across the street from a mall. Um, and you know, that's really one of the first ones we've seen. Perkins Eastman just did a project. Uh, we did the interiors for a 55-plus community um, in Delaware, uh, next to a big lifestyle mall, 200 units, um, four stories over a parking garage, average age of people moving in is 72 to 73. Um, the only thing that the community has that is, uh, you know, purposely built for them is, a you know, is a, um, a center for healthy living. They basically have equipment, they have a place for uh, yoga studios and the rest, but there is no restaurant. There is no, you know, they, they basically can walk literally 250 feet to this um, lifestyle center and there's 20 restaurants, there's stores, there's everything there. And I think the other thing which is important is when we went back um, about six months ago and talked to some of the residents, they found that meaning their grandkids <laughs> there uh, pre-COVID mm-hmm. um, was more encouraged because the grandkids could go to a restaurant. They could sure. see other people. It, you weren't going to grandma and grandpa's retirement community to go to have dinner. You were going to a cool hip restaurant that, and if they, if you went back two months later, you can go to another restaurant, yeah. you know? So I think the choice is of that was also, and, and those residents 72 over have a lot of disposable income to buy grandkids presents walking around the mall. So that was my thought. Yeah. 
What's in it for me? <laughs> Take me shopping. There you go. Yeah. That's yeah. great. Yeah. That's exciting. So, so the other so the other scenario that got pushed forward is is sort of the uh, the, the supportive housing unit, um, and that's something where um, you know the idea is that we've talked to a lot of empty nesters and we said, you know, are you going to run out and sell your home tomorrow? And there's a lot of people that says, you know, there's a lot of memories in this house or even if there's a, you know, there's a widowed wife that was there, you know, a lot of things here. And, and they said, well, what if you're, what if your adult child and their child wanted to move back in your house? And they go, no, 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 that's mm. not happening. But what if you built a, a, um, a customized uh, housing unit, 800 square feet. You went online. It got manufactured for you, specifically for you, anything that you needed for how you live. So all of this thing would be adapted for your lifestyle. Everything would be, you know, designed to be, you know, uh, ADA accessible or whatever you need. Now let's say this thing gets dropped in your backyard and now you move in there mm-hmm. and your adult children move into your house. And then on your own terms, you decide how often you want to see them or you want to be with them. Um, you got, you, you now have so many choices in terms of clearly the pandemic has made more. Everyone realize you can order anything. Right. And so the idea of being able to get groceries delivered to your supportive living unit or, medications or whatever and you know we're probably three years away from having some sort of you know autonomous vehicle so maybe an autonomous vehicle shows up and picks you up and brings you to the doctor or we've got telemedicine which is making you connected so i think that that's a one that we we see um being sort of this lineage of intergenerational living without being in the same house Mm -hmm. so I think that that one could take off if someone wanted to develop that and they even lease it to somebody. Um, and that maybe a municipality sort of does that. They lease them to them when the person moves out, gets taken out and then it goes, goes into someone else's house. So that was the, that was the second one. The third one I am the most excited about because it's not about brick and mortar. It's, it's, it's called Bed, Match, and Beyond. <laughs> and it really sort of looks at, if you think about what all of the dating services have done matching people up, what if you had a three-bedroom condo and you really didn't want to make a move into a senior living community? Is there a way that there could be algorithmically matching you with someone um, and this isn't for a relationship. It's, it's based on wanting to live with someone who maybe likes the same poets or the same music or the same religious beliefs or whatever it is. And then, you know, you've got a, a number of people that could live together. Or let's say someone has a two-bedroom unit at a, at a senior living community and their spouse dies and they're lonely and they want to be able to be able to have somebody. So you now have a senior living community develop an algorithm to be able to start match 
you know, I think it would be perfect for, you know, Jewish communities that could match people all around the United States. Mm -hmm. And someone would say, you know, I've lived in, I've lived in Seattle all my life, but, you know, I finally have this pen pal that I've matched now with who's in, lives in New Jersey. And this would be great. You know, I want, I'd like to go live there and, and I've got some grandkids that are living on the East coast and that would be something to do. I think that, you're going to see a lot more people do that. I mean, even in quarantine, what if, what if I had a five-bedroom apartment and I have four people, other people living with me? If they were all in my bubble during the pandemic, True, yeah. I could still see those five people through eight months or nine months through the year, you know, and, you know, uh, we, we, would have, we would still be able to entertain ourselves with movies and playing games or doing all the things that the reason why we came together. Right. So I think that there's going to be a lot more of that sort of post pandemic of saying, do I, do I need to live in this house any longer or this apartment? And could I go live with someone um, and make a connection for a whole host of reasons? Mm -hmm. Anyway, it's so interesting. I, I, I'm very excited about that. Yeah. You know, we talk about ripple effects, right? What is that rock that gets thrown in the water or even pebble and makes this ripple? I think one of those pebbles or rocks is isolation. And I think that, yeah. you know, all of these scenarios that we've talked about, isolation and the impact that isolation has had on people for the better part of 2020 is going to have a big effect on how they move forward. People, you know, we've seen it here so dramatically, people in the community, especially the elderly parent, the older parent is locked down in their home and the, the children can't even get to them, can't see them, you know, live far enough away that it's impossible to bring even groceries and this sense of helplessness about how do, how do I help mom and dad but also on the flip side, mom and dad feeling like, oh, my gosh, if I have to look at these four walls by myself for one more day, what am I going to do? You know, it, the, mm -hmm. the isolation is something we've talked about, the medical effects and the psychological effects and all of the impact of COVID on all of our lives. But isolation in and of itself is a phenomenon that I think is going to color our world for a long time to come, especially in the area of senior living. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, and I, and I think you know, if those if those two or three people do come together because of like interests or beliefs or whatever it is, then the physical space really is and location might not be that important. Right. So let's say the three of them decide that they really want to go move to a co-op living where it's intergenerational. But the three of them can still hang out together, be their age. They, they have things that are important to them. Or they can go move on a college campus that's looking at doing some, you know, expanding sort of lifelong learning or doing some things. Or they could travel together. So I think the idea is that there's a whole host of things you could do with, you know, the bed match and beyond that would allow them to be able to, you know, thrive. I mean, I... I love the name of your podcast, Advancing the Art of Aging, because I think that does advance one's life, and, and, and that's the opposite of isolation. So I think that's great. 
Dan, the scenarios are so interesting. I I had the opportunity to be a part of some of the conversations in development, and I would agree with you that they're even more relevant today. I, I think it's going to be very exciting for all of us to watch as these move forward because we all know that going forward, it's not business as usual. This is the world has been forever changed, and we have to all find yeah. ways to change with it. Thank you so much for being with us today. I hope that we'll have another opportunity to do this. My pleasure. And uh, I think that this is uh, your, 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 your podcast is a really uh, motivating and, and, and I think it's a great, great thing to do. Thank you. Thank you. Stay well. All of the children with wisdom rise ancestors surround us rise